You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 18 of the Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. Stephen, this What's is up? three times high. <laughs> it is three times high. <laughs> <laughs> Big mazel to us on the on the 18th episode of the, the third 18th. season. What is the what is the numerology? What's the story behind 18 and being good luck in Judaism? What's the story there? Okay, numerology. I have no idea. You ready? Yeah. The chet in high. Yeah. Is the equivalent of eight. Uh-huh. And the yud in chai is the equivalent of ten. Okay, that, that equals 18, but why is... Like chai means life. Oh, okay. I thought, well, I mean, but life doesn't mean good luck. I mean... Chai is life. Know. It's life, baby. Right. It's All life. Right. Um, you know, I, I just want to say... Yeah. I don't know of any other podcast that is so self-congratulatory of just the number of episodes that they're able to, <laughs> <laughs> to knock out. Yeah, to knock it out, exactly. It's like, um, hey, we never thought we'd get here, so every day above ground is a good day. It's, it's right. It's a, it's a cause for celebration. Yeah, it really is. So let's celebrate. So, a lot going on. A lot going on. Um, I thought you said latka going on. I'm like, no, not latka. A lot okay, is going is on lot this going week. On. Yes. By um, the way, by the way, talking, yes. speaking of latkas and chai. <laughs> yes. I just want to remind you and all of our listeners that yes, iTunes has this podcast listed under Judaica. My friend Lance, who lives in Atlanta, who is a longtime listener, texted me the other day to tell me how big of a kick he gets out of that. It's just ridiculous, dude. I mean, I did put us originally as... And we are in Jewish life in the, in the J-Cast. Right. I, originally on Spotify, I put us under... Um, what did I put us under? Religion and well-being, I think. <laughs> or health, not health. Yeah. We're yeah. with the Orthodox yogis. No, I'm sorry. It was religion and spirituality. Because, <laughs> oh really, who's more spiritual than we? <laughs> we are very, I know. I get trouble playing with people. my phone. I um, <laughs> no, uh, so... You're right. I'm sorry. I've been sidetracked. Yeah, you just got completely sidetracked here. Yeah. We didn't even start. Can you be sidetracked if you haven't even started? Well, this is the show. This is a show about nothing. Oh, oh, oh right. <laughs> this um, is the Seinfeld of podcasts. This is the Seinfeld podcast. So, uh, my, uh, my favorite basketball player yeah. is in trouble. Enes Kanter. He's in trouble. He, Enes Kanter is in trouble. Um, you have a history with Enes Kanter. <laughs> I have a shorter history with Ennis Cantor. Yeah, so I I met Ennis, um, I guess it was a year ago, December. Um, I interviewed him for Salon.com. Salon has a uh, a, a feature, a video feature called Salon Talks. And the CEO of Salon Media Group, 
a guy I know from college named Jordan Hoffner. He's a big Knicks fan, and I grew up a Knicks fan. My father had uh, like a game plan. You know, he had like back when it was worth going to see the Knicks. Back when it was worth going to see the Knicks. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry to all the Knicks fans out there, but the team hasn't been team has been relevant in many, many, too many years. I I still every day I still check because, and part of it is because of of Ennis. Um, Yeah, and so. So Jordan calls me and he's like, hey, Knicks, and there's this Turkish connection with Enes Kanter. Yeah. And why don't you try to use some of your Turkey connections and I'll try to use, you know, some connections to get to the Knicks and see if we can do an interview. And we I actually, through Turkey connections, I was able to connect with uh, yeah. his manager and we set up the interview. And it's great. Uh, it's, it was great to meet him and he's a really nice kid. Uh, and he is a follower of this Turkish cleric who lives in exile. He's a green card holder. Yeah. He lives in the Pocono Mountains, and his name is Fethu the Gulen. And the Turkish government, um, the ruling Justice and Development Party, which used to be allies with Fethu the Gulen and his followers, um, but haven't been allies since 2013, blames Fethu the Gulen for the failed coup. Of July 2016, right. and they liken Fethullah Gulen and his followers to Osama bin Laden and Al Qaeda. And um, I don't know about the rest of them, but when it comes to Anas Kanter, that couldn't be further from the truth. And, and it's just—it's weird. I mean, he is—he is devoted to Fethullah Gulen in ways that give credibility to the argument that some American diplomats have made in reporting on Turkey that the Gulen movement is, is cult-like. Uh, after the failed coup and the Turkish government was pointing the finger at Gulen and Gulen's movement for, uh, for, for being behind the coup, Ennis wanted to change his name to, to Ennis Gulen. I mean, he is a, he's truly a devoted he's follower a true believer. of this guy. He's a true believer. And, and to the world, the Gulenists present themselves as liberal Islamists and tolerant yeah. and in their network, global network of, of, of charter schools, which is controversial, um, that, you know, they include integrating science and, and global values and principles and things along those lines. Um, and so recently, uh, the Knicks were supposed to play. The Knicks, no, the Knicks play. played in London. The Knicks played in London yeah. against the Wizards. Yeah. And Ennis said he wasn't going. And in right. fact, we touched on this on the interview. In the interview I did with him um, in December 2017, uh, in which he said that as long as he's in North America, he's safe. he should be okay. Yeah. But if he goes outside of North America, he really can't. Yeah. And he had tweeted that you know he could be killed. Um, well, he's legitimately life. fearing for his life. Well, he's legitimately fearing for his safety. I mean, the Turkish government has sent agents abroad to kidnap and to render followers of Fethullah Gulen back to Turkey can, and throw them in jail. And who I, knows what happens to them? Can I venture? Can I venture to say that he is probably the most well-known follower in this country? He's absolutely the most. High-profile so, right. follower so in the United it States. It would stand to reason that somebody with such a high profile, they would want to do harm to. But would they want to kill an NBA star? Uh, you know, I mean, we're t- not you know, talking about rational behavior here, right? right? Well, I, I think that there is some rational thinking that continues in, in Ankara. I mean, I think it would be a step 
look, the, the Turks, for being the leading jailer of journalists in the world, um, did position themselves as, and, and I will never forget the Saudi crown prince for this, for making uh, the Turkish government the paragons of press freedoms and protections. But for them to then turn around and, you know, kill NS Kennedy. Okay, so not kill, but what if they arrested him? No, no, I think that that's, I think that that was his genuine concern. I mean, he tweeted that he could, his life was in danger. Yeah. And I actually tweeted back and I said, I'm not sure whether his life is in danger, but it's certainly the case that the Turkish government has threatened to kidnap people and they have used what's uh, Interpol, what's called red notices, uh, to go after their political opponents. And that's so they, they issue this red notice. And those police forces that are part of the Interpol consortium are expected to pick up the person who is the subject of the red notice. And in the UK, the, the Brits have been absolutely supine when it comes to uh, when it comes to Turkey, because now you have two countries that are outside the European Union, and the Brits are looking for allies. And they, unlike uh, the Germans and others, they really haven't wanted to rock the boat with uh, with Turkey uh, and the real deterioration of human rights there. And so, I think Enes Kanter really had reason to stay away yeah. from the UK, and he was very outspoken. And then the government retaliated. Uh, well, did you see? Did you see that former NBA star uh, Hedo Turkoglu, who's also Turkish, who's an advisor to the Turkish he's a government? Senior advisor to Erdogan. Yeah, who's <laughs> like, no, like this is ridiculous, and he, you know, I found that interesting that he would sort of inject <laughs> interject himself into this controversy. In well, a, he has to. He yeah, has, but he's a former NBA star. He's an advisor to Erdogan. Yeah. If he didn't, he would he, he would fall under suspicion. I mean, there there are aspects of Turkish politics right now. You know, half of the country supports the Justice and Development Party and President Erdogan, and the other half doesn't. And if you do not dem- if you're in circles that are allegedly supportive of the government, if you do not consistently demonstrate that you're with the program, you are under suspicion. Yeah. So whether Hedi Turkoglu uh, believes this stuff or not, but he shot back. Right. But it wasn't until it wasn't until uh, until Ennis Kanter, you know, he had an op-ed in the Washington Post. Right. He was interviewed on the News Hour. Uh, there was a big story about him in the New York Times. It wasn't until all of this media attention and the Turks are hypersensitive about this media attention did they actually issue. The Interpol red notice. I mean, right. they're clearly trying to intimidate, uh, trying to intimidate him. So, um, so here's my yeah, question: What's Shoot. the What's the NBA doing to protect him? Shouldn't they be using some of their power in this country to make sure that no harm will come to well, a human being who happens to be under their uh, umbrella? From what I understand, from yeah. you know, kind of off off-camera conversation with, with Ennis when I met when yeah. I met him, that the Knicks have been very, very good and have been, uh, you know, very supportive that's of him. Good. That's great, but and the have, NBA is a, and, is and, a and global Silver, brand. Right. Adam Silver, the, the commissioner of the NBA, has made some statements about his concern yeah. about Ennis's inability to travel to the UK, but I think this was before the, the issue of the red notice. I haven't seen anything from from Silver. I, I would like to see the NBA it's step that. up and protect, make sure that he's protected. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of it's it's look, he is he gets 
was paid a lot of money. Okay. But he separated from his family. His right. family had to deny him. There's, you know, things are so hyper-politicized that, you know, Turkey's domestic political dramas are being played out uh, across the world. Right. So Ennis has to be careful walking down the street in New York. He has to be careful which, you know, let's say he's jonesing for a kebab. And there's, you know, as you know, New York is chock full of, of Turkish of great places. Turkish restaurants. And he's got to be careful about which one he walks into. I'm sure at this. I'm sure at this point he knows. I'm sure at this point he knows where he can go and eat and where he can. When I when I met him, he had a driver who was also security. Right. And he was. And I remember when he left, the driver left first, and then Ennis went. And Ennis was when I left the building. He was still hanging out in the lobby, waiting for the guy to show up. From what I understand now, he he's got people himself. with him all the time. So, so right. my, so my Ennis Kenner story. Obviously, I don't know him nearly as well as you do. Well, I mean, but, I spent two hours with him, once, but and, and his his manager's been nice to us, and Ennis has left tickets for us to see right. to see basketball him play here in DC when they played the Wizards. But it's but, not like I know it. But I, but, but I ran into him on the street. Oh right! I totally two, forgot. Two summers that. ago, and so it was the summer of 2016. It was the summer of the, of the failed coup in yeah. Turkey, and he was with another dude, but it was not a bodyguard. It was like a buddy, and they were on the corner of Broadway and 79th Street. And I'm walking with Mia. Yeah. We were out for a stroll on a oh sun, on a and summer he's evening. Six foot eleven. And Mia two years ago was what? The same size she is now, like four, <laughs> four, eight. <laughs> so I see him, and this is before he came to the Knicks. He was still on Oklahoma City. And I right. recognize him immediately, and I just walk right up to him, and I'm like, dude! <laughs> and I started talking to him because there was an article in that I know I sent to you back then in the Wall Street Journal about how he got all of his teammates hooked on Turkish food in the locker room. Well, we actually talked about it because he said, you know, you could there's a there's actually a fair fairly significant Turkish population in Utah. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it's you know, Mormons and no drinking and, you know, Turkey. I mean, of course, secular Turkey does tons of drinking and so on and so forth. But if you're more religious Turk, if you're more religious Turk, you know, you, University of Utah, BYU. So there's a fairly large Turkish population yeah. there. And he said you could actually get kebab in Salt Lake. He's but like, Oklahoma City, yeah, not, not so, so much. much. But basically what he did was in every city he found the Turkish restaurant and they would send in food to the locker room. So a couple of the players like started to sort of like steal his food. They're like, what is this? They're like, this is really good. So they would have to order these massive amounts of Turkish food. There was one player on the team who was not down with it. You know who it was? Who was it? KD. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was the only player on OKC who was not into the Turkish food. So anyway, I mentioned that to Ellis Cantor and I saw him on the street. Then I asked if Mia could take a picture with him. And, you know, as you mentioned, she's quite diminutive and he is very tall. And he did. (laughs) And I I was so psyched. And we walked away. Mia and I walked away and she's like, is he a friend of yours? I'm like... I remember you sent me pictures. Yeah, I still have you it. I still, yeah. And, you know, he was, and I'm sure he was super nice to me. Yeah, I mean, because I brought Justin, my yeah, nephew. Yeah, yeah. And he signed everything. 
everything and Justin's basketball crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. So, but it's got to be. I mean, even with all you know, him being the the center, you know, played for the New York Knicks, you know, MSG World's most famous arena. He's got money. He's got. It must be just incredibly difficult. Dude, he's severed from his family. country and his family. His country, his family. Yeah. He's been. He's been. You know, identified as a public enemy. I mean, they should be celebrating this they guy. They should be. This is no way to live. This and is you know no what? way to and, live. And, and he can't leave. He's, there's thing, he's there's trapped tons here. Of Turks. He's trapped. There's tons of Turks who are trapped here now. Yeah. Tons of them. I have gotten requests from law firms to do pro bono, you know, immigration stuff. And uh, you, you know how hard the immigration thing is. There, right. So that's right? the other thing. Like, what if right. all of a sudden they say, you can't stay here anymore? Like, what, what if he doesn't sign another contract, right? Right. He can't go play right. in Europe like other players can. Right. That's exactly right. He cannot. He so cannot. he's really so, tied. And again, so your career ends. Unless the Knicks step up or some other organization and hires steps him. 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 Right. Or the NBA, exactly which right. is what I'm saying. And like they, They've got to do something to make sure he's he's protected. And what, are, what are the foreign players here on? Like, what kind of visa? Are they on H-1B visas? I have no idea. I don't know. But this, you know, so it ties into this whole kind of insane immigration stuff. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Turkey's not on the Muslim ban. But um, look... Anything can happen, right? right. We're mean, talking about the Trump administration. It's crazy. Um, Some crazy you know, stuff. Senator Jeff Merkley just r- requested that the FBI open an investigation into the Secretary of Homeland Security. Security uh, for lying to uh, Congress. For lying to yeah, for lying. Yeah, because um, she's about they, family separation. They lied because new documents have come to light that said that we, she said they weren't doing it. They were absolutely doing it, and for a lot longer and a lot more for to a lot more people. But is this a surprise to anybody? No, they're it's all, not a surprise at all. They're liars. They're crooks and criminals, liars and thieves. What is what is incredible to me is how seemingly, I don't even know, I haven't even looked at a poll, yeah. but how seemingly immigration has has seized the minds of so many Americans. Only his backers. This is like the biggest issue. Only- when in fact border crossings are way down. They're brainwashed. The illegal crossings are way down. And then what you have is you have people who are presenting themselves to the border customs and border protection saying, I'd like asylum. And yeah. we have this insane shutdown. Right. Over nothing but people seem to be crazy. Only his people are crazy. Nobody else. This isn't an issue to anybody else, though. There was that article I sent you about the farmers where you, you wrote back where you said, well, a good thing there's no socialism in this country. I well, mean, the extent to which the farmers get feed at the trowel of the U.S. government. That's it. There was, one, Every there was one guy, one of these guys who said, I don't care if I lose my farm over the shutdown because they weren't getting their payments as long as they build the wall. Well, oh, good. Guess what? I, like, I have a hard time being sympathetic to him. But Guess what? Your wish is going to come true, buddy. It's so right. I mean, I think the, the president's offer today. Okay, I'll get my $5.7 billion. Yeah. And the dreamers can stay for, for three, three years. years. And you know what the three years is about is that it's trying to entice the Democrats into this deal saying, 
you know, maybe if we beat Trump, then yeah. it'll be up to but a, a nobody, president. But, but nobody is buying this. There's no, there's no serious no. Democratic politician who's saying like, oh, yeah, this is a good deal. They're <laughs> all deal. saying this is nonsense. I'm going to take my $5.7 billion. Watch you declare. I mean, yeah. he had agreed to $1.6 billion. Why should they agree to $5.7 This is ridiculous. Because, but and Ann Coulter is already criticizing him. for She's saying, why don't you just give them all amnesty? This is insane. It's insane, but you know, here we have this you know big announcement. I've got. I'm uh, here's my deal. Here's my offer. This is the master negotiator. This. I mean, this is what three dimensional chess that he's playing against all the rest of us. Like, I watched it. I watched. It. I wouldn't. I, I couldn't. I was home. I, I was having a little Stephen time. I wouldn't. I was on the couch. Yeah. You know what? Your executive was, time should not coincide with you watching. <laughs> it was Trump. not intended. I was actually watching a basketball game. Not the next. I would not watch. I, I refuse a, to watch. A commercial or something. And I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on. And I flipped on CNN and there was. Yeah. There, there he was. Orange, making his orange Twitler. <laughs> oh, my God. I heard it. I was in my car. I heard it on the, on the Sirius XM and I went, boop, and changed the station. I mean, but who, who said, all right. Here's here's the great offer, the great that we're gonna give that that, that Nancy Pelosi uh-huh. and Chuck Schumer are not going to be able to resist. I mean, at this point, I know. At this point, at this point, it's just they, they should understand that the five point seven billion dollars is off the table. Why would the Democrats agree to anything more than the one point six? Guess what? He already agreed to. They're not going to. This shutdown is going to go on forever. I know, and the poor contractors. Like, I feel bad for my friends who are furloughed workers. I feel bad for everybody, and, and I feel bad for and I feel bad for the furloughed federal workers who are like the GS nine, GS ten, GS. You know, those are relatively low paid. Hey, but the people I feel most, the people who are really suffering, yeah, are the low wage contractors. So, okay. remember, let's go to the nineteen nineties, and we were reinventing government and whatever. And so, what happened was. All the people who are janitors in federal buildings, cleaners in federal buildings, food service workers right. in federal buildings. You go to the USDA cafeteria, which is one of the best cafeterias in Washington to go to. Um, the food service workers are government contractors. Right. So nobody is a government they employee. They don't get back pay. Yeah. They will not get back that pay. We're on day 29 of this That's... shutdown. These are people who are low-wage workers. They are... Uh, the 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 food pantries, the lines outside food yeah. pantries in Washington have been enormous. Well, you know who this else I feel badly for? Who's that? The people who are forced to work without getting paid. Like, well, let's say air traffic TSA controllers. Does. Right, air traffic controllers. Let's TSA say people. TSA. And guess what? I'm flying tomorrow, and there's snow out there. I'm flying on Wednesday, and. It's the conditions are not optimal, and I don't. I mean, look, this is not about me. This is about the people who are working. I don't think you're getting out, dude. Maybe we will, and maybe we won't. But do we really are. want the air traffic controllers to be working in these conditions and have to worry that they're not getting paid? The fog is getting thicker, <laughs> and Leon's getting larger. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to grab a TSA agent by the stomach and shake it and say, and Leon's getting larger. By the way, 
When I'm in yes. detention, I'm going to call you. When they detain me for touching somebody, I'm going to call you, and I'm going to be like, it didn't work like we thought it would. <laughs> Speaking of punching people, did you hear that story about that, uh, that, that American college student who his girlfriend broke up with him as he was getting on a plane from London to Dallas, and he drank his face off, and he started beating people up no, on the plane. Really? And turned it around. Yeah. What college does he go to? Who the hell knows? People are crazy. Is it an Ivy League school? People, is the, is, the, is the douchebaggery worse because everybody's just so on edge and angry? And Partially. So, it, 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 I mean, and then there's just the douchebaggery like these these kids from this school in Kentucky oh, attacked. This is disgraceful. They didn't attack. They just stood and menaced and mocked well, a Native American. It it's was, assault by the by by law. That's assault to menace someone. It's horrible what they did. They mocked him. He's a Vietnam War veteran. Yeah, these they kids don't care. These the are wall, and then he was drumming. He was doing Native American drumming, and they were like, "What were they doing?" They were like, "They were mocking him." You're mocking. They were mocking. It was horrible. And that one kid who just stood there with that smug smile. Man, yeah. I know you shouldn't want to punch a kid, but. That kid needed to be punched so badly. He still does. His parents need to be punched. Well, His school needs just, to be punched. It says, I, again... I, There's a school I, trip. I, All I, of these I, kids I, were in the school. Yeah. I, they, were here, they were here for the March for Life. What, what uh, the hell are they teaching these kids in that school? Oh, don't, don't touch religious freedom. Right. Don't touch anybody's religious freedom. They but, can teach whatever they want. It says something about like the deep... Corrosive douchebaggery of of the douchebaggery of this administration. Okay, no, but I have no doubt that these kids have learned this, and before Absolutely. Donald Trump was elected president, but he has made it he's, possible. He's mainstreamed it. Like this. He's mainstreamed right. it. He's the other thing, the other thing that I want to add to this, though, yeah. people have been behaving badly forever. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, what's also different now yeah. is cell phones with cameras, Right. so right. now right. everybody sees everything, everybody right. sees everything, all of your indiscretions, all of your embarrassing moments, all the things that fortunately for you and me, not that we mock Native Americans, but things <laughs> that we did when we were kids are not on YouTube or you know on Twitter or here's wherever. The thing. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think we we okay. ever engaged in that kind of. We hate. did I not. Mean, I wasn't we, brought up that way. We did not, but plenty of people did. No, I'm quite sure if you took a video camera down to I don't know Mississippi or Alabama <laughs> in the mid to late 1980s and went to yeah, certain high no, schools, you I could know. probably find some pretty bad behavior. Yeah, no, I know. I know. It's just so... It was... I, I watched... There was a number of different videos from different angles. Yeah, I, was I watched. Absolutely. I was mesmerized. I was horrified. I, you know, it's amazing how everybody on Twitter has been talking about this. Like, I cannot scroll through without seeing that video over and over it's, and over again. Again, it's... You know what, when I remember during the Republican primary and they were interviewing, Trump was having some rally, some hate rally in South Carolina, and they were interviewing people 
who were waiting online to get in. Yeah. And I will tell you that there were some people who were there who, you know, they interviewed who were, all, you know, clearly from South Carolina. You could tell by their accents. But, you know, South Carolina is like the new Florida. It's a less expensive place right. to retire. To retire. Yeah. And I picked up any number of New York accents, uh, the people who were being interviewed waiting yeah. to get into the trunk. And they said, and they, they kept saying is, you know, he, he's not politically correct. You don't have to be politically correct. Right. And to my mind, that was code for he makes it okay for us to be racist. Right. It's like those, do you remember that picture of the couple, the fat white couple that said Trump, the shirt said Trump 2016, fuck your feelings? Oh, right, right, right. I mean, right. that's really what it boils down to. But right, what that means right. is, fuck your it's feelings. feelings. It means fuck your it's feelings. They racist. They yeah. get completely flipped out. Because they're snowflakes. Because they're no and bigger snowflakes. Right. Than the, Don't hurt the, their the feelings. Writings. You're hurting their feelings by calling out their racism. You can't do that. So, well, yeah, I remember when they first started separating children at the border, or at least when we, it first came to light, right. they were separating children at the border. The, the CNN interviewed this couple in a diner in Arizona, and they said, "Why are you making us feel bad? <laughs> making you feel bad because they just want to be able to feel okay about being racist right. and approving well, if it's of a, separating families, children. If you don't children, see it, babies it, from their parents it, because they happen to be brown. If you don't see it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. So you know why you make me feel bad? Well, open your eyes." Stop watching Fox News. Stop listening right. to Rush Limbaugh, and actually see what's going on out in the real world. People, but people think that Ru- that Rush Limbaugh is the is the man. Right, he's telling the truth. He's the only he's telling one who's telling truth. the truth. Yep. Now that now that Bill O'Reilly has been brought low, now that uh, Alex Jones has been put in a rubber room, <laughs> these guys they're all awful. And oh, you know, awful. We, we talk about this every week. It's not going to get better. It's it's getting worse. I had, coffee with a friend. I, had, I had coffee with a friend of mine this week, and uh, she was like, it's so much worse. We thought it was going to be awful, and it's so much worse than it was. I said, no, it's not. I said, it's exactly what we thought it was, but we didn't know at the time what it would look like, what form it would take. We knew it would be awful. We knew it was going to be terrible, and we knew it was going to be damaging to our democracy, but we didn't know specifically what it would look like. Now we, now we know specifically what it looks like. Right. And, you know, um, looping it back to Ennis Cantor, yeah, it's very, very hard. Obviously, the United States is not Turkey, but it's very, very hard to make the case on principle about Ennis Cantor because the Turks will respond about the president of the United States calling the press the enemy of the people. They will point out that we, whereas Turkey ex- has accepted three and a half million Syrian refugees, right. the United States is separating people at the border. Uh, they'll point out any number of things. And in fact, now on Twitter, I, you know, I've retweeted Ennis's, uh, his op-ed and his, his interview uh, with the News Hour, and I get stuff about, you know, the shutdown. Yeah. And that, you know, this is that the, the United States' best days are behind it and other countries are rising, including Turkey and stuff like that. It's very, very hard to 
make that case. I told you, I, I spoke to you, you last know, week. Last week about those guys in Rome. Yeah, it's exactly. the same. It's the same exact thing. That was on episode seventeen. For those of you who haven't heard it, but you're right. Okay, so all of that being true, what needs to happen is that his okay. employers and his Candor's employers need to make sure that he's okay. They need to take care of him. And from That's what it. I understand, from when I, you know, when I interviewed him a year ago, and everything I, you know, heard and read about him, yeah. uh, that they are okay. Good, but they need but to make sure. Us? Yeah, well, we're not safe. America's not safe. That, well, uh, that's why we have to protect ourselves. I'm serious. We have to keep fighting. We have to keep... You know, I mean, we just fight the power. If not for the snow last weekend, I, my bunker in the backyard would be proceeding. Proceeding apace. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, just make sure there's enough Kids room. Like, how can we buy so much tuna fish when we go to the supermarket? Yes. Well, <laughs> just make, make we're sure... Live on. Make sure there's enough room for another family of five because we can't build a bunker in Manhattan. <laughs> so we're going to live in, in the aftertime. Whatever, man. Uh, like, <laughs> Maybe we're already living in the aftertime and we don't even uh, know it. Well, you know what? I was thinking about that the other day. <laughs> I was thinking way back, it's very hard, way back when not long after the president was inaugurated, and you in particular are saying, look, you, you don't wake up one day and all of a sudden, right. you know, the fascists have taken over. It's a slow process. Right. It's the increasing. There's, you know, so, oh, well, this is, this is, you know, this is somewhat tolerable and, and the situation exactly. will step back at the next election and so on. And it doesn't happen. Well, that's the well. That's why we got to make sure that we have to elect a Democrat in twenty twenty. We can't let him be reelected. Exactly. We well, and have, I think we have. I think we have examples of this kind of thing that have happened already. Whether it's in Hungary or this, you know, look, the, many of the Brexiteers. These yeah. guys are down with Steve Bannon and these guys. I mean, this is this is a this is a global fascist yeah. phenomenon, and it's dangerous, and, and it think, needs to be reversed. It needs right. to be but my point is, is that we are actually living. This is it is happening. Yeah, that's why we just uh, got to keep doing whatever it is that we're doing to prevent it from really happening. Like recording the Amen Corner every week, and you know what? Your job is to keep listening. Exactly. So all of our listeners, keep listening. We will have we'll have instructions in the coming weeks for what to do when the shit really hits the fan. <laughs> I can't build a bunker that big. Well, you can if we set up a GoFundMe account. Well, <laughs> what are we going to do? You know what? I, I got bad news for you. Uh-oh. If we're going to if we're going to have locks in this bunker, oh my god. It's going to have to be frozen. No. I re- you see, for that reason alone, I'm fighting because I refuse to eat frozen locks, all right? So, I can never oh, that's god. never going to happen. We're going to make oh, sure of it. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think Episode we're 18 is in the bag. Three times high. High, high, high. All right. We're out. Speak to you soon. Safe travels, my friend.